Good morning. Well, today we're going back to the topic that we discussed two weeks ago. Last week was Mother's Day, and Carrie did a phenomenal job on Mother's Day. Yeah. And the week before that, I did a phenomenal job. <laughs> oh, um, talking about hearing God. I was just joking, by the way. If you don't know me, I'm I'm a I'm a jokester. Um, and I, anyway, we're we're going on to talk about hearing God again today, and I wanted to make it a bit more practical for everyone. And I I just feel like there's no better way to do that than to get a variety of perspectives from people on how they hear God and. Um, just kind of their experience and what their thoughts are. So I've invited um, some people up here. Um, Obviously, my wife, Pastor Carrie Rose, uh, the one and only, the the one who came from a funeral home. She lived in a funeral home. She lived in a barn above animals. She lived in the worst neighborhood in Texas. Can you make my wife, Carrie Rose, welcome? Isn't that? Just trying to <laughs> highlight highlight some of Thanks. the you know benchmarks of your life. Um, the value she's bringing to the platform is she is opinionated. She is an Enneagram eight. You'll know eights love other eights. We all love eights, uh, but but basically. Um, you're going to know exactly where you stand with her, and that's a, that's a good thing. But more importantly, eights are sometimes, I don't know if this is true, correct me if I'm wrong, but eights are, can be known as maybe the stubborn Enneagram, right? It's true. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's... Not really. See? Yeah. See? Everyone else so. would say, oh, I'm stubborn, not the eights. No, <laughs> I'm not stubborn. All of us are going, No. Well, anyway, the reason that's a benefit to us is because God can speak even to stubborn people, you know, and you don't have to be an eight to be a a stubborn person. And Carrie's Carrie's not stubborn, but you get my point. There's a wide range of personalities up here. Um, On the end of the couch over there with the cool black hat, worship hat, is Greg Wheeler. He just played guitar, sang. He also does low... Uh, lo-fi, chill music. His subscribership just went up. It tripled almost in 24 hours because he hit a playlist, and God is really blessing him, opening doors for him. Super excited. He is an Enneagram 9, if that matters. He's a peacemaker. All right, all right. That was not very nine of you at all, was it? Where's your nines? Does everyone even know what the Enneagram is? Some people are not familiar with it, I don't think. Well, there are many books out there. Um, that's another it's, it's panel. Not, yeah, it's not in the Bible. It's just, um, it's, you know, while we're here. It's, it's a personality tool where researchers saw that there was nine most repeated types of personalities across humanity. So typically you fall into one of the nine. If, if you hate the idea of that, you're probably a five. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan. 
Oh, that's so great. Uh, and the one who just spoke is the seven who brings life to all the parties. Uh, that's my daughter, Michaela. She's from... She's my daughter, too. And, and Michaela's... I mean, Carrie's daughter as well. Uh, currently living in Nashville. She's on team here at the church. Every service you attend, she has crafted from Nashville. Uh, she's a part of our staff meetings weekly. She's a part of our team here. Uh, but she is planted and rooted in a church called The Belonging Co. Natalie Grant sings there. Um, uh, Carrie Job is there. Not to name drop, but Danny Goki. I might have dinner with him next week. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know Danny. Um, but anyway, phenomenal, phenomenal church. So she's planted there. She's serving there. She's tithing there. Um, and, and she's bringing all of their great ideas here to us. Um, she is currently in school. She's currently in school working on her bachelor's with the ultimate goal of heading towards her master's of divinity. Um, that doesn't mean she's a chef and makes that divinity food, cookies, no. Uh, she's, she's very passionate about the word of God. And I think you'll see that maybe in, in her thoughts today. So we're honored to have Michaela. Give it up for Greg, Michaela, and Carrie. So we learned two weeks ago that hearing God is innate. If you've said yes to Jesus when you were born again, you were born into the ability to hear from God. It is something that you can learn. Um, it is something that you can make mistakes with. Right? We don't write people off who mishear God as false prophets around here. We don't write them off as deceivers. We give people the, the space to grow into the ability to hear from God. Amen? Uh, so it's something that can be learned. It's something that can be matured. We have many voices coming into our life. We have our own voice, the voice of others, the voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and the voice that you hear and you heed will determine how you live your life. Um, not just the voice that you hear, because we can hear voices all day, but the voice that you hear and you heed is the one that I, I can hear the enemy's thoughts all day long, but if I don't follow up and follow through on them, it's not impacting me. Amen? So I want to take us to our text. Go ahead and have your Bible open or your phone app. This is a phenomenal piece of text on hearing the voice of God, how it all works, how you can learn, how it can be matured. We're going to read it together, and then I'm going to get our panel's thoughts on that text, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord God called 
Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am doing a new thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. All right, that is our text. I I love this text where... um, Samuel is learning how to hear from God from a mentor, Eli. I want to get your thoughts, guys. What's your biggest takeaway from this text that we just read? Um, My biggest takeaway is, like, I just noticed when, like, God didn't give instruction until Samuel responded to God like the revelation did not come until he responded to God and I feel like you know I can call Brooklyn's name because I have something really juicy to tell her right mm-hmm. and Brooklyn goes to to Amber and she says what did you did you call my name and Amber like she's not the source she doesn't have the revelation yeah so you can go to other voices but that's not where the source of the revelation is it's from God I love that so that's what I got that's good yeah, so, and then on the flip side, God will also use other voices. But like you said, he's, the other voices aren't the source, but God will use them. And so I love how, you know, in this story, Samuel doesn't recognize that it's the voice of the Lord until he has some accountability. He brings somebody else into it, somebody who does know how to recognize the voice of the Lord and then once, once um, Eli says, oh, this is the Lord speaking to you, that is what propels, um, sorry, once Eli says, this is the Lord speaking to you, then Samuel's able to say, I'm listening. And mm-hmm. so I, that, that was a big takeaway take for me too, is like, in John 10, it says that his sheep, God's sheep know his voice. Mm-hmm. So if we're his sheep, we know his voice. And so talking about hearing the voice of God is less about, oh, like, how do I, how do I hear him? And it's more about how do I listen? How do I actually perceive, you know, amongst all the other voices? 
um, another takeaway that I had was just the the patience and kindness of God to repeat himself. <laughs> yeah. The God of the universe to meet us at our level, to bend down and say, I'm going to repeat it to myself slowly mm-hmm. again for you. You know, I, I'm not a parent, but I know that as a parent, you get frustrated telling your kid the same thing over and over again. Oh my gosh, please put the dishes away, whatever, you know, right. but I just, I see, I see. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> but I see the heart of God in this to, to say, no, I, I have a word for, for Samuel to hear and he doesn't perceive it yet, but I'm going to keep repeating myself until he's able to tune in. You know, I love that too, because sometimes people will come to me and say, and I suppose it's happened to me too, where you think, was that God? Was that God? Like, if that's him, I got to act. I got to act. And and you can stress yourself out so much over discerning if, if you really heard or not. But the truth is, he's just so kind that he will repeat it. Mm-hmm. Like if, it, if it's that important and you're not sure, he can tell you again. If he told you once, he can tell you again. Of course, I don't want to make him have to tell me twice on everything, right? So if it's obviously him, but if there's a genuine uncertainty there, I love that fact that he'll, he'll lean in and he'll say it again. Well, I think too, speaking on personality types, um, if you're a more fast acting type of person, you know, you hear something and, and you just do it like that activator type uh, personality, like, like we are, then your challenge will likely be to slow down long enough to take in the full revelation of what God's speaking to you and trusting that he'll repeat himself if he needs to. And then if you're a a more um, laid back type of person like Gregory over here and, and my husband Lawrence, then maybe your challenge will be to have the courage to act and to trust that when God says something once he means it, you know? Yeah, that's good. And then when you're my personality type and God speaks, you think, how does that make me feel? <laughs> uh, Carrie, what stood out to you about so, this text? Um, one of the things that I took away from this was that um, Samuel was lying near the ark. So he, was, he had been in the presence of God um, when the Lord spoke to him. But even before that, he had been under Eli's mentorship in the house of God, and he had not yet fully heard God for, for himself. And I thought that was really interesting because I've, I've talked to multiple people in the church that have struggled and said, I've been in church, I've been in church, but I'm not hearing from God. That's so good. And I thought, wow, this is an example of someone near God, hearing about God, but not yet hearing from God yet. And so I thought that was really interesting. Camping out in the temple. She's referring to verse 7 where it said Samuel did not know the Lord. What that means is didn't know the voice of the Lord, had not heard from him yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good because we have a lot of people who love the Lord with all of their heart. And they're like, I'm not sure that I hear God. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I have something else too. What? So, um, (laughs) like when Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, he thought it was Eli, right? And I and maybe you can help confirm this, but like it kind of feels like God can can sound to like similar or familiar. Yes. Like you may not realize that's God speaking to you because he may sound a lot like you. 
you know, or something like that, or someone that you're close to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, well, t- one of two things happens often. Um, number one, we don't give God credit when it was him speaking to us. We think it's just our own thoughts or, you know, the advice of mom. Well, actually, God was using mom to tell you. Um, I know you don't want to hear that, but it's true. God uses moms and dads. Um, so we don't give God credit, but then the, the flip side of that too is because it does sound so similar. Sometimes we give God credit for our own flesh patterns and our own thoughts, the things that we step into willingly because it's what we want. And we say, we put God's stamp of approval on it. So I think it's, you know, this is why you have to step into it and be okay making mistakes and be okay with the fact that it's a process. Like, you can't compare where you're at in hearing God with where someone else is at because they've had different experiences, different moments with God. But everyone gets to start somewhere today, wherever you are in your hearing from God. My next question for you guys is, how does God often speak to you? Or how does he most often speak to you? Maybe, it, maybe it's all the same for all of us. But maybe it's different. Let's give them some ideas. How does God speak to you? We have, like, a good system going, so. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I think there are a few kind of core ways that he speaks to me. Uh, One of them is through journaling. Uh, I started journaling uh, in 2018, and I, I just can't imagine not journaling now. Like, some of it obviously is my thoughts, but, like, it just makes me aware of, what's going on inside, like what, what are the voices, and then it's on, on, not paper, but it's digitally there, and I'm like, man, there's, God has been speaking to me, and I haven't even realized it, so the journaling is one. Another one that I've picked up recently is I, I take walks in the morning, and when I go outside, I don't listen to anything. I don't listen to a podcast. I don't listen to music. I listen to the birds, <laughs> and they sing, and when I minimize and reduce the inputs, it's like all of a sudden he's there. He's been talking the whole time. But when I'm outside, it feels like like we were created to be outside in nature like, and to experience the creation, right? And when we're outside, I mean, I know you can probably speak to this. God speaks to you through trees and flowers. I don't necessarily get that. But, like, I do just hear him more clearly when I'm outside, for some reason, it's like when you take, you eat a burger inside, then you eat it outside. For some reason, it tastes better outside. I don't know why. It's very true. Like, there's, there's something to be said about just being outside and in, in creation. And, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think I'll just leave it at that. So journaling, walking. Um, I'm a big fan of instrumental music. I mean, I love music where there's where there's just no words and I can kind of let God speak to me because when I hear the words I start getting distracted and start thinking about the words so instrumental music is another one I'll, I think I'll just leave it at there that's kind of like the main three that that I have yeah um I mean I same for me journaling is a a huge thing I think the reason why so there's many different ways that I'll journal sometimes I'll especially if I wake up just feeling um, heavy or just like stuff is bothering me, I'll sit there and just write my thoughts. And the reason why is because I just want to get all of that out 
because if I don't, it'll weigh on me all day and that becomes my focus. And so um, there is something to be said about just getting all that out. But then the other type of journaling I'll do sometimes is just asking, just saying, Father God, what do you want to say to me today? And just journaling uh, what I feel like he's saying to me. And it's fun to go back and reread those things too and see how different seasons match up. Um, There's a lot of actions like walking and activities, things like that. But I think probably the biggest thing for me, if I just really am wanting to just hear hear God and just be with him, I'm just a very distracted person. And like when Greg just said he goes on a walk without listening to anything, that like makes me gasp. I'm like, that's, why would you torture yourself like that? Stop doing that. There's so many good podcasts, Greg. Um but I recognize that the moments where I've heard God the most is when I just have to tell my flesh because I recognize that's a way that I avoid processing pain. Just staying busy, reading books, listening to podcasts, overloading myself, always, even just always listening to worship music. But the moments where God's like, hey, just turn off the music and just sit on this car ride. I'm like, no, Lord, anything but that. But then I do it and... Pastor Jim Weidman at, at The Belonging Co., he always teaches the college students, and he has told us, um, I think it's in John 10 as well, but he prays every day, I am your sheep, you are my shepherd, the voice of a stranger I will not hear. And so he prays that, but then he sits in silence for a long time, you know? And there's no magic number. It's just sitting there until you feel inside you've shifted and you're comfortable just being there in the presence of God. Your pride isn't rushing you to get through your day. Oh, I have so much to get done. Why? Because I need to be successful. I need to, you know, just quieting all of that down and just saying, I'm here to hear your voice. And that, that will change your showers, your car rides, you're putting on makeup time, you're cleaning the kitchen, just doing that and shutting everything else out. So I hate it, but I agree. It's great. There's one more thing, too, and uh, it, it may sound obvious, but like reading the Bible, but but specifically I've noticed recently when when I, like, I got this from T.D. Jakes, Pastor T.D. Jakes. He, he just was talking about staring at the text, like letting it just sit for a while. I have a tendency to just run through the stories and, like, get to the good part, like we all do. We want to see the good part in the movie, but, like, sit with one verse for a moment and and just I guess slow down is what I've been trying to do which I already am slow I'm just <laughs> like according to my wife <laughs> uh, but I just like to when I'm reading the Bible I don't I don't want to miss something that he's trying to show me in another word like a, a, another actual word that I'm looking at um, so How's it? So, um, when I was reading through this question, I was, all these things were running through my head. So, yeah, he's talked to me through journaling, probably less than he's talked to y'all through journaling because I don't journal as often as I should. But um, he's talked to me through journaling. He's talked to me mostly through you guys, like through people, um, through prophetic words, through prayers. Um, 
but I have to say here recently, the way, because he does talk to me in nature, like he, he talks to me in nature, like Greg man mentioned and all those different things. I feel like there's so many different varieties, variety of ways that he talks to me that I can't just put my finger on one. So I'm just going to share how he's been talking to me lately. And so lately what he's been doing is he's been talking to me through the words that I'm talking to him. And maybe it's because I talk a lot. I don't know. But um, he will, I will have spent time talking to him or maybe um, worshiping my heart out with a specific song. And then later on, he will bring that up through a prayer that somebody prays over me or a word that somebody gives me and, and remind me of what I just sang or remind me of what I just said. And he's been talking to me a lot in that way. Um, and so that's been probably the most prevalent way he's talked to me here recently. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I'm with all of you guys. I think, I think I agree with most everything you said, except the journaling. I, w I wish I was a journaler. I buy new journals all the time thinking it's going to inspire me, just like I buy new workout clothes. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, I would love to journal more. I just don't. When I do journal, he speaks to me. Uh, but I would say, for me, it, he speaks to me in extremes. So what does that look like? Um, for example, if a thought pops into my mind, and it feels like me, but it's a thought that is out of nowhere, okay? So I'm driving down, thinking, I'm driving down the road thinking, I've got to go pick up Tristan from work and head home, and then we're going to grill. And I'm thinking something, and all of a sudden, you pop in my mind? I automatically assume that's Holy Spirit because I wasn't thinking about church family. I wasn't thinking about church. Do you know what I mean? That's a thought out of nowhere. Now, the devil can plant those two, so obviously there's some discernment that has to take place, but that's an immediate flag for me to say, oh, this might be God. The other thing is, if it's not out of nowhere and it's repetition, um, I'm one of those people that God will have to let me see a billboard um, see the homeless man holding the sign, and then see it written on my fridge before I realize, oh, that's God. Uh, but that repetition, you know, it, it will be a theme that repeats throughout my day. And at some point, I pick up on that and say, God, what are you trying? What are you trying to show me? And that's where the conversation picks up. I've gotten in the habit, and this may help you as well, to just ask the simple question: God, is that you? Uh, he answers me every time. He really does. Um, if it's not him, I, I just feel nothing. If it is him, I have another thought, or I get the goosebumps, or suddenly the presence of God rushes in my car. Like, he confirms that question every single time. Um, and so that's a good question, I think, to ask yourself, God, is that you? Uh, he talks to me, you know, through repetition and then the thoughts out of nowhere. When it comes to like words of knowledge or, or insight into someone's life, it's a bit different. For me, he talks to me in my body. So every time I come to church or I go to a grocery store, if I think the Lord might use me there in a word of knowledge or because sometimes like we did a road trip and we said, okay, you're going to go in at this. Next time we fill up for gas, every time we got gas, we assigned a different family member to witness and pray for the attendant. Um, and so was, that's our travel fund. Um, and so if I knew it was my turn, I would feel my body, right? So am I hurting anywhere? Is anything numb? Is anything tingling? Is anything aching? I take inventory of me so that when I'm in that conversation, 
if I feel a tingle, I know I didn't walk in there with a tingle. Does that make sense? So, for example, last week we prophesied or we prayed over a neck issue. I had taken inventory of my body before, and I had a pain in my neck um, during the service. Out of nowhere, a pain in my neck. Um, God, is that you? And the pain lifted. Okay, so that's, that's the inner workings of how he talked to me just last week. Um, so I'll feel it in the body. And sometimes I'll see, I'll be just attracted to someone in a crowd, right? Like, I don't know, advanced skin. Um, if the Lord's wanted me to share something with him, maybe I'll just, he'll just be the face that I see and everyone else is kind of blurry. You know, he just kind of draws me. So that's my answer to that question. I don't know if that helps or not, but the biggest thing is, God, is that you? I think that's really helpful. Um, I have one more thing. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Okay, it'll be quick. I have noticed too that because I love reading, especially nonfiction books, love it. And I'll notice whenever I read a book, like God will highlight something to me inside that book and say, this ties to this scripture. Mm. And I just, my takeaway for you is like, what do you love doing? Why would God not speak to you in those things that he created you to love? That's really good. And so he created me to love reading books. And so when I do more of that, I start hearing more of him because he, that's what he created me for. So. I say all the time, honey, I need to take a nap. I think the Lord wants to speak to me. <laughs> I do. All right, next question. Next question. When was, tell me a season, and we'll keep it brief because we have a few more questions to get through and our time is running low, but have you gone through a season of silence where you didn't hear from God, where it was hard to hear his voice, where it felt like your prayers were hitting the ceiling and falling down? Uh, it, and if so, are you able to look back and kind of isolate what the problem was? Because that would be good for us to know, don't you think? Like, what were some things that caused you to feel separated from God or his voice? Carrie? Okay. So I, um, I can think of a couple instances. One of them where I um, was going through a really difficult time. And I was really calling out to God for answers and he was completely silent. And I remember I was going to church. I was going to different here to hear different speakers. Um, this was like in my, in my early twenties. And I was just in a desperate place of wanting to hear from him. And I felt like he was just completely quiet and looking back at that season of my life, I have to say that I was not in that time. I had not, um, walked out his will for my life. Um, I had gotten into a marriage I should not have been in and, um, and it was not good and it was just a really bad situation. And I remember just really, really wanting God to give me answers. And in some ways I felt like he had given them to me already. And that could be what I'm just guessing what his silence was. Right. I, I'm not God, so I'm not, I'm not totally in his head, but, um, I, when I look back at that season and I think, wow, I just, you were so quiet, God. Um, I first of all, wasn't in his will for my life. And second, I was in a lot of pain and sometimes pain can really mask the voice of God. Like it can just block it out. And I was in a lot of pain and, um, and then I also think that in that season, 
it could be that he just needed me to be still and and just wait on him. You know, sometimes, so another instance, and it'll go with this, another instance that he was silent was it wasn't time yet for for things to move. It wasn't, I was looking for answers. I didn't understand something. I couldn't figure something out. And I wasn't getting the answers that I needed when I thought I should be getting them. And, um, <clears throat> and I remember asking him desperately for answers in that situation too. What's going on, God? I, I, I need direction here. And there was just silence. And it's because now looking back when I'm on the other side of it, I see, had he given me the answers I needed then, it would have messed a lot of things up in my world. It would have really wreaked havoc in my world more than if, than if he had just said, Carrie, wait, and just been quiet. He just said, wait, wait, wait. And I waited, and then he showed me some things and revealed some things to me, but it was all in proper timing. And it was to protect me. Does, does that make sense? It was to protect me and um, other people involved. And so I was like, wow. When I look back at that, I'm like, God, you were quiet for such a reason, like such a protective reason. That's good. I, for me, when I've not heard from God, I, I can generally narrow it down to one of two things. Um, I've let emotions become my master. I'm a, a very emotional guy. Um, and the primary one would be pity, self-pity. Um, when I throw a pity party, Holy Spirit doesn't show up. I don't know why. I send the invite, and he doesn't go. But I just get so focused on myself and my problem and my issue. And then there are other times, like, and it can be healthy emotions, like missing my kids. That, that happens a lot to me these days, where I go into some prayer time, and I start praying for my kids. But the, the tears are more about my missing them than really interceding on their behalf. Does that make sense? So what happens is I've got a good cry session in, and I probably needed it, but I didn't, I didn't offer prayer of faith for them. <laughs> so I, I have to really keep my emotions in check um, and my pity. What about you guys? Um, well, I had a couple of thoughts while, while you were talking. Um, I think that oftentimes when we view God as being silent, maybe it's not so much as he's just not talking and it's, he's talking about something other than what we're talking about, you know? And so we're going to him and, and we're saying, Oh, give me an answer about this specific thing. And he's like, I love you. Good morning. You know? And we're like, be quiet. I don't want to hear that. Tell me, should I do X, Y, or Z, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, what was the question? Sorry, my, my, my when you have, I told you I'm scattered. When you have silent, when, when there seems to be a silent season in your life, looking back, can right. you yeah. identify why? Um, yeah, so I've experienced, and you probably have as well, when you're in pain, I think it's not necessarily the pain that will stifle the voice of God. It's what you do with it, you know? And so like you said, the self-pity yeah. or um, maybe just not trusting that God is good. I mean, life is hard. Things happen. And people you love pass away or betray you or whatever it is. Life is hard, and we tend to 
take on those human characteristics. We project them on God. And even though we know, yes, God is good, hallelujah, we're singing it on a Sunday morning, but we find it hard to connect with him on a Monday morning because deep down we don't feel like he's very good. Mm. And so I think I love that we keep talking a little bit about being aware of what's inside of you with the journaling or even just physically because it's really important as Christians. Like we're responsible to know what's going on inside of us because then we can say, Holy Spirit, I feel so angry right now. Or Father God, I'm struggling to believe that you're good and I want to, but help me because I'm struggling, you know? And the way that he responds in in those moments, he just comes so close and he speaks the most tender things that you need, that you need to hear that your soul is, is just aching for. And so, um, I think the moments when I haven't heard him is when I'm misjudging his character Hmm. because I, who would want to hear from a God that's not good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to sabotage any opportunity to heal, to hear from this cruel God, you know? And, um, and, and that's using strong language, but we've all been there. You know, it's when you wake up in the morning and you open your, your Bible, yet somehow you find yourself on social media. You think that was an accident? No, you're, you're trying to not be alone with God because maybe what you think about him is, is incorrect. Hmm. You know, you're uncomfortable being that close to somebody who's maybe mean-spirited or whatever you've come to believe along the way. And I think that's a process continually in life things are going to happen and they're going to come up and they're going to threaten your intimacy with God. But Jesus died on the cross so that that intimacy could never be taken away. And so that's, what's beautiful is that at any point, all you have to do is just turn to him and say, I am your sheep. You are my shepherd. The voice of a stranger I will not hear. I'm ready to listen to you. And, and he's always, he will always say something to you. It may be, I love you, and that's good enough, you know, but I think it's us sometimes that are just, we're just antsy. We want to write the script for the God of the universe, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Good. It, that reminds me of that quote, and I don't know if it's A.W. Tozer, Bill Johnson, somebody said it, but what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah. Like, that's a great quote, whoever said it. Um, <laughs> mine, I think is, and I'll be real quick, is just too many inputs. Uh, I kind of think of like the soundboard, you know, you can have a lot of inputs and a lot of things that you can plug into those inputs and then you have control with the sliders of how loud and how soft something can be. So it wasn't that God for me was silent, is that I turned up everything else and turned him down. So I just reduced the inputs and and it, all of a sudden I can hear him or just simply Unmute me, dude. Unmute me. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Listen, we're running out of time. Um, I want to go quickly over five questions to ask that you can ask, that we can ask to discern if what we're hearing is the voice of God. I'm going to just hit them one through five really quick. And then I want you to respond with your top one, either the one that kind of gets you all the time or the one you're most passionate about or whatever you have to, whatever one you want to talk about, just one, all right? Five questions to ask yourself so that you can discern if you're hearing the voice of God. Number one, does it line up with the Bible? Number two, 
What does your inner witness say? The Holy Spirit that is inside of you, the Spirit that confirms with what Holy Spirit is saying. What does that say? Number three, do you have peace about it? Number four, is there circumstantial confirmation? Number five, what do your trusted mentors say? Have you tested it in community? All right. Those are the five things that you can filter everything through to see if it's from God. What would you say is the, the one that kind of resonates most with you or you want to share a thought on? Who wants to go first? Okay, I will. The one that most resonates with me is, do you have peace about it? And I'll tell you why. Um, I think we get confused on peace a lot. Um, the voice of God, when it is sending you somewhere, it will always carry peace. But I know people who judge the future outcomes based on the peace they carry, and that's faulty. All right, let me explain. Um, I've called someone and said, hey, I'll need you to pray for someone. They're in the hospital. And then they say, oh, they're going to be fine. I have peace about it. Right? You ever heard someone say that? Oh, this is all going to turn out fine. I have peace about it. That's incorrect. We should have peace even if it doesn't turn out fine right? Whether we're on the mountain or in the valley, we carry peace. So we have to be careful that this peace thing, you know, it doesn't get out of line. Um, we still need to be praying for breakthrough and for healing and for miracles, whether you, you think you have peace on the outcome or not. But when God is sending you somewhere, it will carry peace, even though, even though there may be tension in that next step. You may be I hate the, the fear word, but you, like you may be scared out of your mind about this next step, but there is a peace that is there because God is sending you into the next season, right? It may be something you're nervous about, but God's voice will always carry peace. What's y'all's number one? Uh, I think it's the, the first one. Is it confirmed by the word of God? Okay. I don't know if I said that right, but um, there's, I mean, not everything is in the word of God specifically like, but it, the word of God reveals God's character. It reveals his heart for you. And the more that you spend time with it, the more you see his heart and the more that you can know when I, when I have come up with a, with a decision or if I'm hearing something, is that, is that you? I, I had something like my dryer, no, my washer broke. Real quick story. My washer broke and the guy came to fix it. And the, the thing wasn't spinning. Y'all know me and handyman. I'm not, it wasn't spinning to, to wash the clothes. And he turns it on to the, the spin setting. And within one second, he says, oh, that's the motor coupler. I said, yeah, yeah I, knew, I knew that. That's the motor coupler. That's what I thought. And so he fixes it, right? But it just got me thinking, this guy has been fixing washers for decades, decades and decades. He knows the sound of the machine. He knows the specific, distinct tone when that made that sound. He just heard it within one second, and he knew what it was. When we spend time with God's word, we begin to know the distinct yeah. voice so good. of God. And so I, I always, there's so many inputs. There's so many things, truth, right? The word of God is the truth. And I don't, I don't want to go off track. I want it to be 
aligned with his word. Yeah. That's good. Um, probably mine is number two. What does your inner witness say? I think it just takes so much discernment in every situation. When God tells you something, how to apply it, when to apply it, with who, with whom to apply it with, you know. And um, I just think at the end of the day, when we've scanned the word, when we've gone to our trusted mentors, we're left with what is our personal witness saying? Um, and I, I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of a friend of mine a few years back who she had this boyfriend and she wasn't sure if it was going to work out. And she kept praying about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and she would call me and she's like, well, what do you think? You know, whatever. And, um, she asked all the mentors in her life. And, and so after weeks, she's like, I'm just confused. I just feel confused. And I've learned, at least for me, when I get to that place of I'm just confused, my inner witness knows it just doesn't want to listen, you know? And so, yeah, I just think that inner witness balanced with voices of your mentors and, and leaders because you can get real wacky your your inner witness isolated <laughs> from other people from the body of christ could get very wacky yeah. as well you know we were made for community father son holy spirit literally the god of the universe is in constant community why do we think we're to be any different yeah so for me it would be inner witness as well um so I, I think I just automatically think, oh, how does this, maybe it's a decision that I'm needing to make. How does this line up with the word of God? But the thing is, is sometimes there can be good opportunities and good things that come our way that are not God things in our life. And so that's where it's really important to have the Holy Spirit and have that inner witness that guides you because you can just be so excited about something and think, ah, oh, it's a good thing. It's such a good thing. But is it a God thing? And so that's where that inner witness comes in play. And, you know, like you were talking about the trusted mentors. Um, have you tested this in community? Um, sometimes your community can confuse you. And so um, I, like to, I like to gather, you know, the information and seek God in, in lots of things. But for me, lastly, it's that inner witness. What is God telling me specifically? about a situation or a decision, because that's, that's, what's most important is to, I, I've been on both sides where my inner witness said, don't go there. That's not for you. And I did. And then found out that <clears throat> I should have lit, should have listened. And then there are times that I have listened and I thought, wow, but this would have been a great opportunity or a great thing. And I listened and then God said, see, this is why I sent you this direction. And so I just think it's so important that we have Holy Spirit so strong and prevalent in our life and that we invite him into our daily life daily. Just Holy Spirit, guide me, you know, help me to stay connected to you today. That's been my prayer more than ever is Holy Spirit, let me stay connected to you so you can lead and guide my body and my spirit. I want Holy Spirit to be bigger in me than anything else. That's good. All right. Michaela, you're the youngest on the platform. So we're so out of time. We got to end this, shut it down. But I want you to answer one more question. As, as the youngest voice in the room, 
What do you think keeps this generation, the, the, when I say this generation, I'm talking about everyone that's alive today, but specifically your generation, younger, the millennials, Gen X, the Gen Y, Gen Z, what keeps them from hearing the voice of God? What is their biggest obstacle and their biggest challenge? Oh, I'm thinking of at youth camp last year, we were in a leaders meeting and the leader with tears in his eyes looked out at all of the leaders at Passion Camp and he said, you know, a lot of the older generation likes to say, oh, kids these days, always on their phones, always on social media, Snapchat, whatever. And with tears in his eyes, he said, do you understand that the younger generation is plagued with this? That this is a massive burden that they are having to carry and that they're having to fight through pornography at their fingertips every day. Get on social media. Oh, there's the explore page. Someone's half naked. I mean, this is what my generation is dealing with, you know, and, and we need we need parents that are going to protect us and set those boundaries for us and help us while we're young, while, while our eyes, while our minds are not fully developed, you know? And um, I think that this is probably a different answer than I would have said before, but I'm just, it's coming to me, so I'm just gonna say it. But being over youth ministry for many years, um, being a youth myself for many years, I think that I have never seen somebody be as numb to the presence of God as when they are enslaved to sexual sin. I think that it is such such a a big thing for my generation specifically that that we deal with because it's in our face. It's on the TV all the time you know, and uh, it's on the billboards. And so I think that my generation has found ourselves so enslaved to sexual sin in, in any form, most prevalent, probably pornography, that, you know, the Bible says flee from sexual sin. It's the only sin that's committed against your own body. And I think that's because it's a direct assault on the identity of Christ inside of me. You know, it's, I'm engaging in pornography and I'm denying the fact that I'm a daughter of Christ. Wow. I'm saying I am, I am unworthy. I am not valuable. I'm not worthy of true intimacy and love. And for those of you that know, pornography was a part of my story and probably one of the biggest testimonies of what God's done in my life. So I'm really passionate about helping see young people get liberated. And if you're a young person... I just want to tell you that you can be liberated from this, from pornography, from gathering relationships with other people, sexual relationships, whatever it is that makes you feel like you're valuable and that you have meaning and purpose. And I just want to tell you that, that you are so loved by a God that can fulfill you completely and you know, I don't want anyone to walk away and say, oh, I'm, I'm dealing with sexual sin, so I'm just never going to hear the voice of God. Don't let the enemy twist my words like that. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's a God that can liberate you and will liberate you. And if you find yourself very desensitized to the voice of God today or even to the presence of God, if you're sitting here in worship and you're like, I just, you know, it, 
there's nothing there and you know that there's something in your life, come talk to me because I've been there. And I would love to do whatever I can to pray, pray for you, whatever, after service. I'm, I'm serious. Come talk to me. And um, I just really believe that our generation is going to bring just this massive wave of purity to the older generation, to the ones that come after us. And sorry, I know that's a long answer, but. No, it's really great. I love it. Very good. Very good. If, if, you have, if you have struggled with pornography and, the, and you have done the hard work and been set free from that, would you mind standing to your feet so we can just get a visual on who to go and talk to if we need to? If you've done the hard work and you've been set free from pornography, if you'll just stand to your feet so that we know who to go to. Amazing. I, I don't do that. I mean, I would I love to celebrate you as well, but it's the God in you that has, has set the captives free. And so I'm doing this so that those of us that are sitting down and need someone to talk to, just look around the room. We've got from young to older. And God wants to use each and every one of us here to not let our story stop with us, but let that freedom continue on to other people. Everybody join them in standing. Let's go out with a blessing today. your hand over your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for our time together. I thank you just for an honest conversation about hearing you. We know that it doesn't take a special skill, talent, or title to hear from the God of heaven. So God, this week, we just ask that we would step into a more intimate time with you, that we would carve out the space, that we would set aside the distraction, that we would set down the social media. And God, we would make a place for you and I to meet, to do business with you, to hear from you. God, we know that you're always speaking on some level to us, so give us ears to hear it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now that you've been to church, go be the church. We love you guys. We'll see you next week at 1030 a.m.